Thanks for checking out this week's podcast from Center Street Church. We pray it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. Again, we want to welcome you, and it's Global Ministries Weekend, and we're just excited about what God's doing around the world, and we want to share a little bit with you you this weekend. The theme is what in the world? What in the world is God doing, and what in the world is God doing through Center Street and this greater kingdom partnership he's brought us to be part of? Our mission statement says this, friends, that global ministries exist to introduce people to Jesus and have them become fully devoted followers of Christ around the world. Now, my colleagues, Dr. Brad Friesen, associate pastor here in in Global Ministries, and Rosemary Flayton, who is one of our uh, core teachers in our global ministry training teams, are going to be sharing the six global strategies that help us accomplish the great commission of making disciples in all nations. So in one way, we're going to give you a six-point sermon, but rather than just one person presenting, we felt that each one of us um, could unpack these strategies which have deep meaning in our own personal lives and our mission experiences. So how I'm kind of saying it's six points, three scriptures, three speakers, which equals three times the blessing at a third less the calories. (laughs) So, Brad, would you start us off with the first two strategies? Absolutely. Thank you, Wayne. It is really awesome to be with you here today. I'm grateful to have a chance not only to share what we do as Global Ministries at Center Street Church, but reveal to you a little bit about my own heart as I get to be involved. Like Wayne said, I'm, I'm able to share with you two of our main strategies that we use to introduce people to Jesus and then help them become fully devoted followers of Christ. And we do it around the world. One thing I heard when I first started my role here at Center Street Church was something that Pastor Henry said to me, and it stuck with me, and it has actually formed the ministry we do here at Center Street Church for all of these years. He said this, we want to do around the world what we're doing here at home. Now let me, uh, let me debrief that quickly. You see, it's very easy for us as believers in Canada to see things happening around the world and want to go and experience them for ourselves. But sometimes we must admit, it is hard for us to live those examples of faith right in our own homes. And that's a key value of Center Street Church. We want to practice around the world what we're practicing here. So one key scripture that we use also that has helped us form is that which we find in the book of Acts. In Acts 1.8 is where we see our marching orders, our direction, if you will. In it, Jesus tells his disciples that when the Holy Spirit has come upon them, they will become witnesses telling people everywhere about him, from their home city of Jerusalem, through the countryside of Judea and Samaria, And to the end of the world, the furthest place, the strangest place on earth, such as Edmonton. (laughs) God bless them. Now, here's a wonderful thing. Did you know that actually just last week was Pentecost Sunday? We remember the same moment in Acts where the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples in power. And then they went out to be witnesses to the world. So we're at a moment even now that the Holy Spirit wants to come into our lives 
to create in us a supernatural witness in our daily existence, we can go out to be supernatural witnesses throughout the world. And that's amazing. Well, let me start with Global Ministries' first strategy as we rethink again. We are here to introduce people to Jesus, to help them become fully devoted followers of Christ around the world. We do it locally, nationally, and internationally. And the first of our strategies is we want to be leading in compassion. By now, some of you have probably heard about compassionate ministries here at Center Street Church. Today, I want to tell you more about it. It's a special and unique ministry that has taken place in our church for many years, but really has been greatly developed over the past two. You see, because of our different locations as Center Street, and because we have physical buildings to be in, we become physical lighthouses to our communities that has enabled us to share hope to those who don't have it. On a weekly basis, we have 10, 20, 30, and sometimes well over 100 people connecting with Center Street Church Compassionate Ministries to find hope in their current situation. In fact, this past March, we had over 600 people connect to Compassionate Ministries who just needed encouragement. Now, these folks can be just, they find themselves stuck in a moment, a moment that they just seem to not be able to get out of by themselves. And the hope that they get to see in Jesus through us can get them through. Two years ago, the Calgary Interfaith Food Bank answered our prayers before we even knew how to pray them. You see, we knew we would need more food, more resource for people in need, as the growing need in, in our in our cities was growing. And an offer of them came to us. Now, two years later, because of that partnership, we've actually been able to serve over 200,000 pounds of food to our neighbors in need. Yeah. So I really want to take a moment to thank the Calgary Interfaith Food Bank for serving those in our community that we love so dearly. Now, not only are people getting some of these physical needs met, but we are finding many people meeting Jesus for the first time and being able to be discipled into relationship with him. Many times they come in for just a meal and they leave knowing about Jesus. And that's the gospel. God is doing miracles. We want to listen to his heart for this city, for Airdrie, and for the world. We want to share the hope that we have found. So, by leading in compassion, we not only want to develop and practice how we minister out of compassion to people in need here, locally, and nationally as our city and, and Airdrie and, our, and Alberta grow, but internationally. Now, perhaps you remember this. It's been about two years, but we had a Compassion International Weekend. At that time, if you recall, we heard stories of what children's lives are like when they're able to meet Jesus and be discipled into him. 
It was at that time that Compassion International gave us an opportunity as a church. That weekend alone, I'm glad to remind us that we as a church family were able to sponsor over 700 children in one weekend. Well done. Well done, Center Street. That is leading in compassion. Now, not only were we able to bring some sponsorship into existence, but many of us have actually had a chance to go and visit those same children that we've written letters to. I am one of those people. I think it may have changed the, the children's lives, but I know it changed ours. You see, leading in compassion does not mean that we simply react to everything we feel emotionally, that when we see people in need, but it is presenting people with truth and hope of Jesus, with tangible expressions of our love and his love to them. Just as Jesus was moved with compassion, so do we want to find ourselves being moved with compassion. It's giving a glass of water in Jesus' name with Jesus' name. This is crucial. Let me repeat it. In Jesus' name, with Jesus' name. For it is with the name of Jesus that true compassion is given. Jesus told us that it was to the least of these that we would serve, as if we were serving him. And Center Street Church just loves to serve Jesus all day long. Well, I could continue to talk about leading in compassion. I love it. But I want to continue on with a strategy that actually was somewhat birthed out of this need for compassion. Secondly, we want to constantly be seeking restorative justice. For so many of us as Christians, it's vitally important to pursue justice. But at Center Street Church, we never want to miss an opportunity, so we took a moment to think about it. This led us to think about justice in a different light. This led us to want to seek justice not only for the oppressed, but for the oppressor. This is the heart of restorative justice, and this is the heart of the gospel of Jesus. You see, to only seek justice for those who are oppressed, we are not restoring things to the way that Jesus had originally intended them to be. Too often we can forget that Jesus is fighting for the lives of those still stuck in sin, for the oppressor. We want to see Jesus restore not only the oppressed, but those who are still oppressing. We believe so much that Jesus can bring hope that we are committed to consistently seeking restorative justice. This is why we seek it. We want to bring things back to the way God intended them when he made all men and women equal in his sight and in his image. Because we believe that without Jesus, there is no true justice. But when you know Jesus, you will know justice. Now, there are two very big issues that most people think about when we talk about justice. One of them is helping people stuck in cycles of poverty or hopelessness. And as we already discussed earlier, we love leading in compassion. But a second one, and perhaps more in the media at this point in our, in our lives, 
is that of human trafficking. Well, Center Street Church wants to do something about human trafficking. People are made in God's image. And we will work diligently to make sure people are treated that way. Just two years ago, we were able to start working with some like-minded churches and agencies within Calgary and Alberta to start fighting human trafficking. Every meeting, I get the blessing to start off reminding everyone who's there why we are there. I get to start off with a prayer with Jesus and then presentation of hope. Then after we've prayed and reminded ourselves that it's because of Jesus that we care, we start to work together to educate and partner to fight issues of human trafficking within our city, province, and nation. To date, we have approximately 80 churches and agencies in Calgary and beyond working together to fight issues of human trafficking. We want to fight for those who have been bought and sold within our own cities, provinces, and this country of Canada. We want to bring change. And we've actually been blessed to work with many partners internationally as well to bring this same justice internationally. Well, my time has come to an end. I'm going to invite Rosemary to come up. She's going to share with us the next two strategies about how we want to invite people into relationship with Jesus and help them become fully devoted followers of Christ. Rosemary. Awesome. Thanks, Brad. Well, the question, what is God doing around the world? Man, I could go on for hours. So instead of doing that, I'm just going to talk really fast, if that's okay. Because there's lots of stories, lots of statistics. Our church is involved in 15 countries around the world with the mandate to introduce people to Jesus and to make them fully devoted followers of Christ. And we do that with partnerships, with organizations. We have missionaries that we send out. We work with local pastors. But everything we do goes through the local church. And so I have the privilege of talking about two key strategies today. And for the first one, we're going to go to Cuba, land of white sand beaches and old cars. You're thinking beach ministry, right? It's not. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to go to a training center in Havana. And there are 150 women in this training center eagerly awaiting our arrival. They have left home They've taken time off their work. Some of them have traveled 12 hours by public transit to get there. Why? They're leaders, women who are, they might be pastors, missionaries, church planters. Some of them do them by themselves. Some of them are working alongside their husbands. But they have a passion for God's word. They have a passion for the women and the communities that they live in. And they're coming for three days of training through a biblical approach to inner healing. Now, Cuba is fraught with a lot of social issues. It's a highly prom sexually promiscuous society. There's divorce, sexual abuse, 
um, abortion, a lot of domestic violence. And the church in Cuba, along with our partners, came to Center Street and they said, what can you do to help us train our people in what does the Bible have to say about that? What can you do to help us? And we realized that as a church, along with our, our organizations, we needed to take action against these injustices that are done against women. That there was an enormous um, capacity and opportunity to train leaders who would then go back and make a change in their communities. And that's one of our key strategies, is to disciple, to train leadership who will then make an impact in their community. In essence, what the Cuban church was asking us was, will you help us help our people? And we said yes. And it was so incredible. We've done training workshops there where we've been empowering and equipping the women, these female leaders, with how, what does it look like to, to do allow the Holy Spirit to examine your heart, to see what, what sinful way there might be in you, and then to bring that to Christ, to receive forgiveness, to extend forgiveness to others, and then to live in healing and freedom. You know, those women were trained, they were empowered, and then they went back to their communities with the most powerful tool in the whole world. God's word that is enlivened through the Holy Spirit and that healing and health comes through Jesus. So this isn't just a pipe dream that maybe someday we'll do this. This actually happened. There were eight women from our church here at March, just two and a half months ago. We headed to Cuba. We flew over the white sand beaches, went to this, this uh, convention center, our conference center in Havana, and took these women, 150 women, through three days of training. Then we got on a rickety old bus, traveled six hours to another conference center in central Cuba with another 125 women in attendance there. It was incredible just to see these women, first of all, experience the truth of God's word in their own lives, but then to be equipped and trained with how to do that with women back in their own community, plus they went home with arms full of resources, these programs that they were able to do when they got home. So we were training, we were discipling leaderships. Why? So that they would make change when they got back. And we're starting to hear about some of the change. We're hearing from some of the communities that have been impacted by this. One region of Cuba had 20 women that came to one of our training, center, training times. Those 20 women, over a span of six weeks, have taken 168 women through this program. That's mighty good multiplication. 20 to become 168. Another city, we've heard there were numerous uh, denominations that were represented. In fact, at the training courses that we did, it wasn't just one denomination. There were 18 denominations that came together for that training, which has been completely unheard of in, in Cuba. So in the city of Camagüey, these churches have now come together. They're praying together. They're working together. And the word that's coming out is a word that I love to hear. God is bringing about revival in that city in Cuba. That the people are coming to Jesus and they're finding freedom and they're finding healing in him through the truth in God's word. It's incredible, absolutely incredible what God is doing when we train and disciple leaders who then go back and make a difference in their communities.
Now, Cuba isn't the only country that we're doing that in. Like I said, we're in 15 different countries. One of the other countries that we've done the most work in is in Mexico. And we have partner churches in Mexico City. And the pastors over the last years have said, please come give us some training. We need, we need leadership development training. We need spiritual formation training. We've done that. But over the last few years, there's been another request that has come. And they have said, our pastor's wives need help. Many of them feel ill-equipped just inadequate to lead their churches and work alongside their husbands. And so they've said, please come work with our women. So we've done training workshops for the, the pastor's wives. But then also the churches in Mexico are about 70% of the population that come to church are women. And many of them don't realize that God created them with gifts and with a calling on their life to make a difference for him. And so they've asked us to come in and we've been going in and doing these encouraging workshops and helping them see what their identity is in Christ. And there's just been a realization that when you train leaders, it makes a difference in the churches. It's a way to see the church strengthen and to see it grow. Now, as Brad said, Pastor Henry has, has laid out early in this, this journey process with Global Missions of what we do here, we have to do it here if we're going to do it there. So part of that has also meant that we needed to increase our capacity of leadership development here. But when we do that, we train leaders here, and we train leaders there, kind of sounds like a win-win uh, situation, doesn't it? Where the church in Calgary is strengthened, the church around the world is strengthened, and ultimately the kingdom of God is impacted. Because that's why we do this. And that's even why we're sharing this today. This is not just to glorify, boy, Center Street Church is wonderful. We are here to glorify God. And that it is God that is moving around the world. We just simply get to be in, involved in that. And he uses us. And that's such an incredible privilege for us to be part of. Us as a team members, but all of us here at Center Street Church. So another strategy that we use in global ministries is making scriptures available around the world. So I'm gonna take you back to Cuba on this one as well. Instead of going to Havana, we're gonna to go to a little uh, village in Eastern Cuba. And we're gonna to go to a pig farm because that's where the home church is held. We're gonna be sitting in the living room of this home and the, you can smell the pigs, you can hear the pigs, and there's 24 of us crammed into this room that's about 10 feet by 10 feet. The pastor is also the pig farmer, and he probably won't have had much theological training. He's only been a Christian a few years. But he's got a passion for God's word. And the Holy Spirit enlivens it to his heart and his mind. And he can preach with passion. He preaches with power. And the congregation just hangs on every word. They've, they've experienced the truth of God's word in their life. They've experienced the power that the Holy Spirit makes when he comes in and makes changes. The place is just electric with the, the power of the Spirit. But there's something that's missing. You see, the only one in that church that has a Bible is the pastor. Well, no, that's not quite true. There's actually one other Bible, but that Bible has been taken apart into sections so that it can be passed around that small congregation and rotated. So this week, you get the epistles, 
You get the Pentateuch. You get Psalms. Lucky you, you get Song of Solomon this week. (laughs) As I sat there and I saw that pieces of the Bible being passed around, I was so convicted about how many Bibles I had back at home in Canada. You may remember, I think it was back in January, at one of the Global Ministries weekends, we asked our congregation, we asked you, tally up, how many Bibles do we have as a congregation? And then the Global Ministries made the commitment to provide that, match that same number to provide Bibles around the world. You know what the number was? Just over 11,000 Bibles have gone out around the world through Global Ministries. Now, over the years, it's been very, very difficult to get Bibles into Cuba, but we've been able to get some in, and I had the privilege of being there when some of those Bibles were given out. And I will never forget little old woman, gray hair, you know, kind of wizened, thick glasses, walking with a cane, who when we handed her a Bible, she just held it. Oh, tears streaming down her face. And then she opened it, I can read it for myself. It was a large print Bible. We didn't even realize that that's what it was, but God knew. Later that same day, we were in a church that had a large youth and young adult population. And we told them at the end of the service, we've got some Bibles to give out. There was a stampede as those young people swarmed us, hands out giving us a Bible. I remember one young fellow, as he got his Bible, he went off to the side, he opened it up, he just started reading, you could just see the rapture on his face of just this sense of the treasure I have been given. Now you might think, well why don't they just like upload an app, like I do, I just always read on my phone. Well the reality in places like Cuba and many places around the world, internet access is not available. If you were gonna go and get internet in Cuba, it'd be like going to uh, Edmonton. That's a scary thought, isn't it? Uh, It's not ready. So that's why the physical Bible is so important in places like Cuba and around the world. Global Ministries is committed to distributing Bibles around the world because we believe, we firmly, solidly, will not waver on this belief that comes from scripture that says when God's word goes out, it will not return empty, but will accomplish what God desires and it will achieve the purpose for which God sent it. That's a powerful promise that comes along with why we give out Bibles. And we're doing that around the world. We do it here. If any of you here don't have a Bible, we want you to have a Bible. If you're in one of our other campuses, go see your campus pastor and say, I don't have a Bible. I'd like a Bible. If you're here at Central, see us afterwards. Grab one of the ones that's on the rack as we go out. We need Bible. This is food, spiritual food for us, and we highly value God's word here at Center Street. And so we make it a priority to make sure that our partners around the world have scriptures so that they can proclaim God's love and truth. Isn't God incredible? Isn't it an amazing blessing? 
an amazing blessing and privilege to be where he's moving, where his spirit is moving in power and in truth so that we can train disciples, pardon me, disciple leaders, train and disciple leaders who will go back and make a change in their communities and then also to make sure that there are Bibles, making Bibles available around the world. Thank you for your support to this church, to Global Ministries, so that we can continue to do this in the name of Jesus and with the name of Jesus. So what is God doing around the world? It's big, it's exciting, and it's full of opportunity. So Wayne, you're gonna come and you're gonna tell us about what it looks like for Center Street to reach the ends of the world past Edmonton. Thank you. <laughs> wow, thanks. Thank you so much, Rosemary. I just, I love hearing these stories and these testimonies of God's faithfulness. As we look into the last two strategies uh, this morning, I'd like to draw your attention to the scripture that I believe is our marching orders or encapsulates these last two. It says, it comes from Acts chapter 13, verse one through three. Now the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manimum, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. As I prepared for this weekend, this verse became so inspiring to me in so many ways. First, it was connected to me as our desire as a church is to reach the unreached people groups of the world. It resonates with our church history. It resonates with our denominational history. And I think it ties in to the future. We want to be a church and a ministry that is reaching the unreached. Let me quote you some information here that uh, I read on this topic. Missiologists typically define a people group as an ethno-linguistic group that shares a self-identity amongst themselves with a distinct culture, language, social class, with a collection of their own customs, shared stories that sets them apart from other people groups. Typically, a people group is called unreached if less than 2% of the population claims to be evangelical. Now that 2% figure is a bit of an arbitrary number, but it's aimed at identifying whether there is sufficient Christian presence within the culture to carry on a sustainable indigenous church planting movement. Now according to the Joshua Project, there is approximately 17,000 people groups and about 7,000 of them are unreached as defined as what I just read. That equates to over 3 billion people in the world. A group they identified as frontier peoples or unreached groups are the most needing of the gospel in church planting because there's less or equal to 0.1% of Christian population and there is no known church planting movement. Now I could spend the rest of our morning talking about the statistics and the data, but the, the, the bottom line, friends, is we have a calling. We at Center Street Church want to be part of reaching this 
populace of people all over the world. Interesting. Go to joshuaproject.org. You can see all the statistics in the research. It's, it's amazing. And it's amazing as God's people are starting to gather together. See, our friends, we, we have been involved in this and want to continue. Our work in India, in fact, one of the statistics in the area in the state that we work with our partners is 0.007. So it's even less than the average. It's incredible to see God working through these, these men and women in this, in this state to reach their state and their communities for Christ. If you remember last year, we celebrated our first major project of Bible translation in the Wambra language that is a group of communities and peoples in Nepal, nearly situated near the Mount Everest. And this work that we started continues today, continues to grow, continues to bring the word of God to those unreached people. In, in our work in Ethiopia would be classified as reaching unreached people because they are tribal. They're tribal groups in Ethiopia. The same is true in Cambodia, where church plants that have been specifically uh, developed for these areas are reaching these groups, and the, the church is growing. It's incredible to see what God is doing all over the world through both the unreached and the persecuted church. But a little boy, I got this story from one of our partners, a little boy who lives just outside a bleak refugee camp in northern Africa has been attending children's ministries event at a ministry center where they receive love, scripture packages designed for children, and carefully crafted teaching on the gospel. Now families who also receive, they, they receive Christian counseling, physical aid, food, blankets, and supplies. A few days ago, the little boy went home from a meeting to his mother and said to her, Mommy, I want to be like the Christians. They're good people, and they have love and peace in their heart, and I just don't see that anywhere else. And they know Jesus, because Jesus gave this to them. One of the pastors in a partner country works tirelessly, winning people to Christ and then feeding them with the word of God, and we, I believe, have sent Bibles through this organization to this place as well. He currently has six congregations, and, his and his is mentoring dozens of young pastors. He began his ministry during the area of the killing fields where two million people died. After decades, after decades after the regime was crushed, the adults and children who survived were, were searching for hope and healing. When the pastor began this ministry, he would walk through different villages and towns and start talking and preaching about the good news of Jesus. But sadly, he was greeted by people who had been so traumatized by the atrocities during that time that a message about a loving God who also died for them was too good to be true. It was too amazing to believe. And they were numb to this message, and not a lot of people responded to the good news. But what I love about this man is that he never gave up. It wasn't about, you know, being successful. It was about being faithful to what God called him to do. So he pressed on. Finally, after many years, these wounded people started to come. And not in just one or two people, but by literally by the dozens and hundreds. When asked why, he said to them, it is, because I, it is because I had to demonstrate before them on an ongoing basis that they could see with their own eyes what a loving, caring pastor Christian would look like. And the pastor responded to them when they said, well, we've never met anyone like you. And they said, that's right. And until you meet Jesus, then you will meet the true God, the true pastor of people. In a similar way, as I prepared and thought about this, I look at this in the work that we're doing here with the New Canadian Friendship Center and have been doing this for over five years. 
It is a center for new people, for some unreached people that are in a new culture, that don't understand what it means to live in Calgary or in Canada, that doesn't speak the language, that's very fearful, that has to navigate much different places and cultures and people than they came from. And that these folks have a place to come, a place to have ESL, a place to have a cup of coffee, a place to find about citizenship, and that they're engaged in this. And I love it because the volunteers that faithfully serve there are on the front lines of reaching unreached people. Most of the folks that come through the doors are not Christians. But I love what the little boy say, they said, they're good people and have love and peace in their hearts. And I don't see them anywhere else. And I'm very grateful for that ministry and the people that serve in there on our behalf, reaching out to those in the Northeast and Calgary who are new to Canada. So what in the world is God doing? God is mobilizing his bride to reach out. But there's more work to be done. There's more work to be done in our own areas here, in our own communities, but there's also 7,000 people groups that have not been reached. And together with our partners, we are committed to being part of that solution moving forward. The final strategy for global ministries is to plant the church. Church planting. So, so what's that? To plant the church or church planting is a strange term. I kind of thought about it and was reading about it. It could be imagery of, you know, that you got this little church with a steeple and you're planting them in rows, kind of like corn. When people are hearing that, going, okay, what is church planting? Well, you know, sometimes we equate church planting only with buildings, and we see a picture of a building. Well, that's not it. The church is alive. It's, it's, it's dynamic. It's growing. It's people. In fact, the church in the original language in the Bible is not a building. It's a people. It's a called out assembly. And in these places of the world, friends, it's not all. They don't have buildings. They're a called out assembly to meet their community's needs. Now, the church planting is, is, is not found in the Bible, the two words church planting. However, it is a biblical concept. As the Apostle Paul traveled through an area, he always tried to spend enough time in each city to establish a local body of believers and train the leadership, as recorded in Acts 14, 21 to 23. And later, he would revisit those churches to confirm the encouragement, that encourage them in their faith, says Acts 15, 41, and, and 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 2. The churches would establish, the churches then be established and would begin to send out missionaries so that the work of church planting continued, as recorded in 1 Thessalonians 1, 8. It is a biblical, biblical concept, friends, and we want you to know at Center Street, we strongly believe that starting a church, planting a church, or in our definition, partnering alongside of the church is, is both normal and natural part of discipleship. As we started out our time today, we talked about the Great Commission as recorded in Matthew 28. Church planting is all about planting the gospel, and growth in church planting comes from making disciples. It's not, it's both of them. It's not one or the other. It's together. Ed Stetzer, in an article in Christianity Today, said this, I love this. Ultimately, if you're going to love the mission of God, you have to love the church of God, which is sent out for the mission of God. Ephesians 3.10 says, God chose the church to make known his manifold wisdom. Therefore, the church is the tool or the instrument of his kingdom agenda. And we're going to be part of it. 
I want to, just in, in these last few moments, I want to give you three examples of the way God is working and what in the world is he doing locally, nationally, and internationally in planting the church. For the past three years, we've come alongside a group of individuals who sense God moving them to become a church in Calgary. This, their church now exists to introduce people of South Asian diaspora to Jesus Christ. Yeshu Mendley, which means gathering, continues to grow through their weekend worship services, both in Hindi and English, but also through missional communities, disciple-making huddles, in faithful giving, service, and local and community outreach. They are in the process of becoming a fully accredited evangelical missionary church this year. So we're very excited for them. I got a, part, a, a partial of an email from the pastor from one of their congregants saying this, I thank God for Yeshu Mandley and reaching out to me through particular youth-centered events such as the early fusion youth conferences. This helped me to begin some serious soul searching and coming to a greater understanding of my purpose in life, who I truly am in, in terms of my personal identity and the insurance of a moral and spiritual compass that is my belief in relationship with Jesus Christ, which will help me navigate through the material-driven, hard, daily-hitting obstacles that I face on an ongoing basis. The local church and discipleship. If this church wasn't there for this young person, where would they be? That's why we believe in this. On the national front, you might remember that we have been doing work and continued work in Quebec. In fact, last year, we had our, one of our, our church planting partners, Brad Maurice, come and share of what God's been doing in the ministry. And we continue to hear transformational stories from our church partners and planters in Quebec. Quebec and the two cities in Quebec are the least reached cities in North America. The least reached cities in North America. Our newest church planter was established late last year and now is moving towards the launch of their new church September 9th in Regina. Now we've continued to establish a church partnership with a group called C2C. This Canadian networking church planting organization is committed to seeing the gospel and churches planted from C2C. Our strategy this next year is to partner with them with our dream and vision of planting 10 churches in Canada. That we're going to have partnership and encourage alongside and support and prayer. And my dream would be to have them all come here one Sunday so that you can all see and hear what God's doing in 10 churches in this country. On the international front, the original plan this weekend was to include... Uh, Gallo Vasquez, who is our country coordinator and oversees the work in Latin America Mex and Mexico. He was going to come and share with us what is happening worldwide in church, planting the church, and also what's happening specifically. But unfortunately, due to some circumstances, was not able to be with us. But he did write this and asked me to share this with you today. Dear brothers and sisters at Center Street Church, believe it or not, we are celebrating the first 20 years of our partnership between CSC and Vela Ministries. It has become one of the greatest examples of how we can cooperate to maximize each other's resources to advance the fulfillment of the Great Commission in Mexico and throughout Latin America. Together, we have accomplished much. I wish I was there to share some of those highlights, but just let me summarize and briefly share with you, uh, based on what's happening in Latin America, this movement has become known throughout world mission circles as the spontaneous church 
multiplication. Let me say it again. Spontaneous church multiplication. This is what we're now experiencing through our partnership. About a year and a half ago, we received a gift from Center Street Church specifically designated towards the planting of a new church in Mexico City. I got really excited about this opportunity because Mexico City literally needs thousands of new churches. But in my mind, I thought it would take at least three years to see a new church planted. I'm now very excited to let you know that as we begin our work with the partner churches, we've already been able to open five new preaching points, and three of these are clearly in the process of becoming new churches, new church plants. God has multiplied one gift for one church into potentially five new churches. God is multiplying the, the blessings both of your prayers and gifts, and this is what the missiologists are calling the spontaneous multiplication of churches. Praise God for this movement that he's brought about in Latin America and Mexico and that you are a part of. As we reflect on our strategy and what God's doing, we also want to share with you how, how excited Global Ministries is about this faith journey with the Build Give God Room campaign. See, friends, we want to continue to support what we're doing with this because we believe it's time to expand some of our space so that we can actually welcome in more and help more of those that are struggling, that are marginalized, including new Canadians and the impoverished, those that are going through difficult times, but we also have a chance to partner and establish deeper relationships with those partners. Nationally and internationally, this gets me excited, but on the same token, I know it's going to be a little bit more work, that we will support capital projects of building churches and ministry centers in five continents because of your generosity. We're going to build churches and ministry centers in North America, South America, Europe, Asia, and Africa. These local churches will serve as a sustainable presence of Jesus in their communities. Because of the generosity and the way the church has been set up, the, a portion of the proceeds that are given to the Build Give God Room campaign are directly going to impact around the world. Because as Brad said, we're going to do around the world what we do here. And that is we're going to establish a church that brings hope and healing to the community where it's at. You're part of that because of your generosity. Now in closing, as we wrap up our time we want to remind you one last time of these six strategies so that you know what Global Ministries and how we are representing you and your investment of funds around the world. Rosemary. Hmm? Brad. Brad is going first. That's what I meant to say. Brad, why don't you go first? Up all the time. I was so excited I got lost <laughs> up in the moment. So exciting. Yes. Well, at Center Street Church, we want to be leading in compassion. We also want to be seeking restorative justice. We are committed to discipling leaders who will go back and make change. And we're also committed to making scriptures available around the world and here at home. And we are going to continue to reach the unreached people groups around the world and here in our own backyard. And we are committed to planting the church locally and around the world. So friends, the question for you that we want to leave with you today is which one of these global strategies really resonates with you? Which one invokes emotion or excitement when you think of it? What made you clap today or maybe even made you cry? Our challenge to you is how might you be engaging with one of these strategies? 
So we've got some suggestions. These aren't things that you have to sign up for right now, but think about it. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you what he wants you to be involved in. Maybe you want to download the Joshua app that Wayne spoke about earlier. You'll get a daily text that will, will tell you a little bit of one of the unreached people's groups so that you can pray for them. Maybe you want to get involved and do some volunteering with Compassion Ministries or at the New Canadian Friendship Center that are out in the atrium today. You can find out more about that there. Maybe you want to just find out more about what partners we're involved with so that you can pray for them, you can support them. Maybe you've got a significant birthday coming up or an event in your life and you go, you know what? I could use that as an opportunity to do a fundraiser. Think about maybe the Bibles, the money for Bibles that you might be able to raise with something like that. I can personally say, being involved in missions globally as well as nationally and right here in Calgary has been the single most important thing to setting my faith on fire. When you see what God is doing and you're attentive to what he's saying as he said to me, it, something, it does something to your, your faith, your desire. And you know what? Our prayer is that you will actually have both the desire and the will to become involved. Now you might say, you know, I don't have very much that I can give. I've got some good news because our God is in the business of taking five loaves and two fishes in and creating a miracle Amen. to feed 5,000. And you might just have a little bit of extra change. And that's actually what this, this is about. This is a baby bottle. The Pre Calgary Pregnancy Care Center is here today handing out baby bottles. And what do you do? You go home and you just put your change in it, your little bits here and there. Bring them back on Father's Day. And these little offerings of love go a huge way in seeing the truth and love and hope come to women here in Calgary. So don't ever discount that your, your role is too small. Maybe you need, maybe you've been convicted, I need to get into, be discipled myself, or I could actually help with the discipling of others. Who knows where God will take that, how he'll use that here and around the world. So we encourage you, pray, get involved, have the desire and the will to be used by God. Well, our time here is complete, but as you leave, you'll be able to actually make connections with our Compassionate Ministries, as I shared earlier, and also a wonderful new thing that has uh, been built by the New Canadian Friendship Centre. We have artists from around the world that come as New Canadians, and we've found many of them coming, finding friendship, and now trying to actually relay some of their art to us. So you have a chance to actually go and see some of their art and perhaps even share it with them. Also, you have a chance to pick up a baby bottle and see some other people outside to connect. Again, if you don't have a Bible, we want to make scriptures available to you as well. So as we close together today, I'm going to ask that you stand to join me in prayer. Some of you do have prayer requests. Some of you do need prayer. Well, I'm going to invite you to come up after I'm done praying to receive some ministry from our prayer partners who will gather up here as well. So would you please pray with me as we just commit this time to the Lord. Father, you are good and it is wonderful. In fact, it brings us so much joy to hear of what you're doing around this world. Thank you for taking us and using us to help others meet you for the first time and be discipled in you. Lord, whatever you've stirred in each one of our hearts today, would you continue to bring it to completion? 
Would you help us to make steps today, this week, and beyond so that we would get in line with your will for our lives? Father, we trust you, and we step in faith to you right now. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. We want to honor you. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has impacted you. We'd like to challenge you to take it one step further and get connected. For any questions or prayer, please visit our website at cschurch.ca. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter.